0: i like you to turn with me please to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 1. And uh, one more time, uh, in the season we'll, we'll go to the Christmas portion, although this is not a Christmas message whatsoever. And uh, we're going to utilize the life of Joseph in a study of something that I believe to be very, very important that doesn't just impact us, Uh, during a season of the year, but every single day of the year. And so, uh, there are a few passages where we are going to be here today uh, in Matthew. And I want you to consider what the Bible reveals to us as we begin looking here in verse number 18. And here the Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as His mother Mary is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, today I pray that You would minister to us by Thy Holy Spirit from Thy Word. Help us to glean the truth found in this Christmas text, but that will serve us every day of our life. God, I pray that You would fill me with Thy Spirit. God, if there's one here today that does not know Thee, I pray that today would be the day of salvation for them. And this I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. This morning I want to bring you a message entitled, Discerning and Doing God's Will. Discerning and Doing God's Will. As we began reading here in Matthew chapter 1, we know that Joseph was confronted with some difficult um, scenarios. He, he was confronted with the reality that Mary, whom he loved and was a spouse to, was with child. And at that time, he did not know for a certainty how that could ever happen apart from her being with another man. And the Bible reveals to us in verse number 20 that while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Now, typically when we find angels in the Bible, guess what they're not doing? Playing harps. (laughs) You know, they're not playing harps typically, all right? But what we do find them doing is serving as God's messengers delivering the message that God has given to them to carry. Isn't that really the story of how it all happened at Christmas? The angels appeared unto shepherds and delivered the message to them. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph and told him, "Uh, don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. He appeared unto Mary and said, "Uh, that child which is formed in your womb is, is the Messiah. And, So we know that the angel of the Lord was the oracle of God. One who was sent of God to deliver a message unto them. And I want you to understand that while Joseph was deliberating, and the Bible says in verse 20, he thought on these things. What was he doing when he thought on these things? You know what he was trying to do? He was trying to decide what he should do. That's what he was doing. He was minded to put her away privately. And he was thinking about it, right? Are you with me? Say amen or nod your head if I can't hear you through the mask, all right. And uh, you have a sound dampening device on you. And some of you that's a good thing. Others of you not so good. But uh, listen. He was thinking about, what do I do? God, what would you have me to do here? And I would tell you this, God didn't keep him in the dark, did He? Because he wanted to do the right thing, and his heart was open to God. He wanted to discern God's will, so that he could do God's will. And of all the people that we might read of in the New Testament, and especially in the Gospels... Perhaps Joseph, as much as any other character, stands out as an example of one who is a case study in discerning God's will and then submitting himself to what God had appointed for him. Now, how many of you here want to know God's will for your life? Let me see your hand. Raise up big and high. All right. How many of you want to do the will of God for your life? All right. Everyone that raised their hand, um, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He has a will for your life. Let me just submit this to you this morning, that just as much as God has a will for your life, the devil has a will for your life as well. And it's entirely juxtaposed from the will of God for your life, and he wants to subvert God's will and impose his own will in your life. Now I want to tell you something, if we are not in tune to the Spirit, sometimes we will have a difficulty discerning between what Satan may will for us to do and what God wills for us to do. Let me say that again. If we are not in tune to the Word of God and to to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God and uh, we're, we're not truly seeking the Lord's face, we may find ourselves in a quandary as to what we should do because Satan is making a play and it looks great and it sounds great and it's like butter, man. Everything's going smoothly. And then on the other hand, we have God's will and we're not sure that that's His will because there's trouble and hardship and difficulty found there. Let me say to you that um, there are many that believe the where of god 's will is the most important thing i don 't know where God wants me to go all right Does he want me to, to to go to Africa as a missionary? Does he want me to go to the 1040 window and, and be a missionary there? Does God want me to you know move to um, Florida and start a church in Fort Lauderdale, uh, which I heard on the radio is is the least safe big city to live in. Did you hear that too? I couldn't believe it. But in any case, um, I, I, I'm, I'm just impressed with the fact that there are so many people that are taken up with where they should be doing the will of God. And so they spend all their time praying about God, where would you have me to be? Where would you have me to go? If it's to a, a, a neighborhood, a church, to a mission field, to a place, to another state, they're, they're just taken up with this. But let me tell you, As I read and understand the Word of God, let me tell you this. The what of God's will is far more important than the where of God's will. Let me say that again. The what of God's will is far more important than the where of God's will. Do You know what? When Joseph was in Nazareth, before Mary was found with child, do you know what he wanted to do? He wanted to love and honor God. He wanted to honor His commandments. He wanted to walk in God's will and in His way. And so you know what? Because God knew that He was doing God's will in Nazareth that when He sent him to Egypt, He would do it there. And because He was doing it in Egypt, God knew that when He came back to Nazareth, He would keep on doing it. Why? Because for what of God's will was far more important than the where of God's will, although the where was consequential because it was the absolute fulfillment of prophecy that God had given hundreds of years prior. But I want you to see that God has a purpose in calling you to do whatever He does, and He is never ambiguous about it, and He never makes any mistakes. So there are many that are trying to figure out God's will. They want to discern... God's will so that they can do it. I'll remind you that the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Okay? Now what's a synonym for the word unwise? Foolish. Don't be foolish about this, alright? But understanding what the will of the Lord is. So God wants you to understand what His will for your life is. And God reveals it there. Be not drunk with wine, verse 18, wherein in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God and the Father for all things, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So, God's will for your life every day, the what of His will for your life every day is to be filled with His Spirit. To have it evidenced by a joyful heart, a grateful heart, and a surrendered heart. That's His will for your life every day. It doesn't matter where you are. Okay? It doesn't matter where you do that. That's what God wants you to do every day. To be filled with His Spirit. Now, I want to say to you that In Hebrews chapter 1, we find a great revelation. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, uh, you may want to look at it, but if you don't turn there, I'll read it diligently so that you can hear it. The Bible says this in verse 1, God, who at sundry times, in diverse manners, so in many different ways, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, Well, listen, we can see God speaking in diverse ways at sundry times, can't we? Yes, we can. Did He speak to Balaam? How did He do that? We had a donkey preach Him under conviction, right? Did He speak to Peter? Yeah, He had a a rooster preach Peter under conviction, right? Uh, Did He speak to Moses? Yeah, He had a burning bush that He orchestrated for that. Um, There are many different ways that God delivered a message. Sometimes it was through uh, an angel. Other times it was through a Christophany, a pre-incarnate manifestation of our Savior Jesus Christ, communicating truth to man as He did to to uh, Joshua when He commanded him to put off his shoes because the ground whereon he stood was holy ground, indicating that it was, it was divinity that He was dealing with. And so God spoke speaks in different ways and at different times. But the Bible says in verse 2, He hath in these last days spoken unto us, how? By His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. So, how is He speaking to us today? Through His Son. Well, who is the Son? Well, that's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Jesus is the personification of the written Word. And so this Bible that I have on this pulpit that you hold in your hand today is the living Word of God. And understand that it is the manifestation of Him. And so if you want to know what He wills for your life, you need look no further than the book of books because it is the revelation of God's will. It is a revelation of God Himself. And so in these last days, the Bible says, God is speaking to us by His Son and I can know and discern the will of God for my life based upon the truth of the Word of God. So I want us to notice as we begin... The revelation of God's will, the revelation of God's will. What we discover here is that three times in chapter 1 and 2, Joseph was in a situation, all three times the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and gave him the message from God. Here, the angel of the Lord appeared to to him in a dream and said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Okay, and so the Bible says, Joseph being raised, did as the angel of the Lord bid him. In chapter 2, and verse number 13, When they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Verse 14, And he arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed unto Egypt. So the angel appeared and said, This is what God wants you to do. And he went and did it. Chapter 2, And verse number 19, When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel. Verse 21, And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. So what did God do? He gave a word to Joseph by his oracle, the angel of the Lord. His mouthpiece, if you would, to deliver his Word And so the will of God for Joseph's life was revealed by the word, not of the angels, but the word of God as spoken by the angels. Listen, there are people that have mistakenly said, well that book was written by a number of men, it is their idea. No, this is the word of God. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The word inspired means God-breathed. Okay? So, it's given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction, for correction in, righteous, uh, in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. So, this is our God-breathed book. The Bible says in First uh 2nd Peter chapter 1 that that holy men of old spake as they were moved by the holy ghost so it was the agency of the holy ghost that spake and they recorded what god said and hence we have our bible and the bible promises of itself and god promises us through his word that heaven and earth will pass away but my word will never pass away not one uh, uh, heaven and earth will pass away until one jot one tittle shall pass from my word Understand this, that this is the eternal, inerrant, unchanging, preserved Word of God. I can count on that. This is the Word of God, not from the prophets, but from God. Recorded by the prophets. Okay, Not from the apostles, recorded by the apostles. So, I understand that this is the Word of God. And in the Word of God, just as with Joseph, I see the revelation of God's will. He speaks to us primarily today through His Word as directed by the Holy Spirit. Now altogether too many people want to make the will of God something that is really ethereal and cosmic. Right? They're trying to find God's will as though somehow it were lost. Right? How many of you have ever lost your keys? Be honest. Raise your hand you've lost your keys. How many of you have ever lost your glasses and you searched high and low for them and they were on top of your head? And, uh, yeah, you know, some people have this idea that the will of God is lost and they've got to find it, right? that the Lord is playing some cosmic game of cat and mouse, and it's like, oh, you're, you're getting warmer, you're getting warmer, oh, you're warm, now you're, you're burning hot, oh, now you're cold as ice, you're cold as ice. And, 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 and they think that that's kind of what the Lord is doing, and we just have to keep pursuing it. Understand something, my friends, God wants you to know it, He's not hiding it from you, or keeping it from you. That's why He said, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We want to know where should we do it. God says, be busy about doing what you should do, and I'll direct you to where you should be doing it. Right? I may have somebody come to me uh, who's a nominal member of our church and say, I believe the Lord is leading me to go to uh, the deepest, darkest Africa and start a church. And I think to myself, if you're not winning people to Christ and you have no interest in the things of the Lord in Phoenix, Arizona... Is there something mystical about Nigeria that when you get there all of a sudden you're going to start doing there what you've never done here? You see, if you're not doing it here, you're not going to do it over there either. You know, people that leave freeway and go to another church that are just dead wood here and are not serving the Lord are not going to go to another church and all of a sudden start serving. Because look. God's will is not found in a place, it's found in His Word, and He wants you to live it out in your life every day, irrespective of where you are. So Joseph was a just man. He was a patient and contemplative man. He wanted to love and honor God and observe all of His commandments in Nazareth. He wanted to do it in Egypt. He wanted to do it back in 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 Nazareth again, and God understood that about him, and so we revealed to, to Joseph, here's what I want you to do. And Joseph was at a place to hear it and listen. I wonder. You see, the problem is not with God. The problem is with us. We're not considering what His will is and endeavoring to do the what that we know. We want to know the where that we don't know. Right? But God wants you to do the what that you know now. Can I tell you, God wants you to be saved if you're not saved? God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter chapter three. First Peter chapter two, or first Timothy chapter two, who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. God's will for your life is that you be saved. Did you know that God's will for your life is that once you're saved that you get baptized? Absolutely. Did you know that God's will for your life is that you be a person of prayer? That you become a person of the Word? That you be connected to and active in a local church? Become a member of a local church? And plug in and serve God? You know, that's His will for your life. That's not some great suggestion that a preacher thought up to keep people coming to church. No, that's what God has said in His Word. That's God's will for your life. And folks, listen. You can say, well, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go to this preacher. Listen. God's will is not found in a preacher. It's found in a book. It's found in the book of books that reveals Jesus. God's will is not found in a church. It's found in the Word of God. Now, praise the Lord for churches that help you to understand that. Praise God for churches that will open it and reveal it to you. Praise God for preachers that will faithfully declare it. And we're not the only one. There are others that do that. But let me say this to you, my friends. God's will is not so much a place but something that you do. And so, we see the revelation of God's Word comes from the ministry of the Holy Spirit who will guide your mind into the truth of God to to understand what it is that God would have you to do. And this God of order does not lead ambiguously. He doesn't just say, okay, um, leave the church. I don't know where you're going. I don't have any plans. But you should just leave. God doesn't work that way. God doesn't call you to nothing. He doesn't call you to oblivion and nothingness. He is a God of purpose. He is a God of order. He has a plan in everything that He does. And although we don't always have all of the answers of what that looks like and how it's going to wind up, we do know that He is a God of order. And so He doesn't just say, okay, leave. No, He doesn't do that. He works according to His Word, and He works with specificity. What did He tell Joseph? Take unto thee, Mary. What did He tell him? I want you to leave Nazareth and go to Egypt, because there's someone that's, that's threatening the life of Jesus. Then what did He say? I want you to go back to Nazareth. He gave him a place to go. God's will is not going to be some abstract, ambiguous, ethereal, spiritual thing that people are wandering around hoping to find someday God will make it clear to you, so long as you are consumed with doing what He would have you to do, He will lead you to where you should be doing it. The revelation of God's will. We see the response to God's will. What did He do? Well, we discover that when Joseph knew what he was to do, the Bible says, he arose and took the young child. In in chapter 2, again in chapter 2, what did He do? He he arose and took the young child and the mother by night. He didn't wait around. He said, okay, Lord, let me think about this. I'd, I'd like to deliberate on this. No, God said, here's what you need to do. He spelled it out. Now listen, years ago we had a man in our church that struggled with his salvation. He didn't have the assurance of salvation. And finally, he came to a full understanding of God's grace, and he received salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And he knew he should get baptized, and, and uh, he kept saying, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I want to think about it, I want to pray about it. And and I would say, listen, you don't have to pray about this one. God already said this is what you need to do. Okay. And so, he went out of town, and while he was out of town, he attended another church. And the church that he attended with some family had a service that was focused on baptism. And he walked the aisle. And there was an altar worker there that said, "If you trusted Christ as Savior? He said, yes, I, I did that in my home church uh, back in Phoenix. And uh, they said, well, uh, listen, God's will for your life is that you get baptized. And he said, well, I'm still thinking about it. And the counselor said to him, do you have children? He said, yes, I, I do. And he said, well, if you... In the morning before you went to work, told your children, I want you to clean your room, and by the time I get home, it better be spit-spot because I'm going to inspect. And when you get home at the end of the day, and you go into the children's room, it looks like a bomb went off in there and they haven't touched a thing. And you call the children in and you say, what happened here? I told you to clean the room. And they said to you, I'm still thinking about it. I'm not ready yet to start cleaning the room. What would you do? He said, Well, of course, I would probably tan their hides, right? And he said, You have a Heavenly Father that has revealed what He wants you to do, and you're His child, and you're telling Him, Now that you know His will, I'm thinking about it. I'm not ready yet. Right? You know what obedience is? We teach this to the kids doing what you're told to do, when you're told to do it, with the right attitude. Doing what you're told to do, when you're told to do it, with the right attitude. That's obedience to the Lord, isn't it? And that's exactly what Joseph did. He's a case study in this. Every time God told him what to do, he said, yes Lord. And he went about and he did it. When did he wait till morning? No, he arose in the night and he went to Egypt. What did he do? He made plans to marry Mary, the virgin, what did He do? He he immediately left Egypt and He went back into Nazareth. The fact is that when God said, here's what I want you to do, He responded to it. I want to ask you a question. When God tells you that He wants you to do something, how's your response time? You know, uh, Brother Roland, I've done some travel down in the south. And uh, I love it. Everybody's kind of laid back there. And, and in some places in the heartland, it's just a slower pace of life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You've been, been to places where it's just kind of a slower pace of life. And uh, they have a phrase that they use a lot. You know what it is? It's, I'm fixing to get ready. I am fixing to get ready. You know what that means? I'm getting ready to get ready, right? How many of us, you know, we aim to do God's will sometime, we're just fixing to get ready to do it. Look, as much as I love the south, and as much as I love that slower pace, and. How long it takes them to say things, you know, and, and everything. Look, God didn't want you to be fixing to get ready to do his will. He wants you to do it. Right? I, I listen, if I tell one of the kids, I I need you to take out the trash. I don't want him to be fixing to get ready to do it three hours later. I want them to just do it. Right? You know, hey, hey, I need you to, well, I'll try to do no. Was it Yoda? Don't try, do. Look, quoting this the wise old sage Yoda, look, how's your response time to God? God says, "I want you to serve me. I want you to be involved in a local church." I want you to be in the Word. I want you to be a person of prayer. I want you to help to bear the burdens of others. I want you to contribute to the ongoing work of the Lord. I want you to pray for the missionaries. And and look, all of these things are the stuff of the Christian life. And Look, doing that doesn't make you some great thing. All that does is bring you into a place of subjection to the will of God for your life. But knowing all of that stuff, how is our response time? Joseph got up in the middle of the night and said, Mary, get Jesus dressed, we're leaving. That was it. He wasn't fixing to get ready to leave. Okay? I'll leave after I winterize the house. No, listen, he said, we're going now. We're going now. He acted decisively when he understood what God was saying. Now, there's a responsibility to do God's will, and he understood it. Why? Because he recognized that the eternal plan of God for the ages was resting upon his submission. He'd heard of the Messiah, and now he's told that he's going to be the earthly father of that child. That was a responsibility, was it not? So he knew that one day he was going to stand and give an account to God for what God said do. Did you know that the Bible says in Romans 14, 12, So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Did you know that there's a day of accountability coming before God? Not just Joseph, but every one of us, it says. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So you know, you're going to one day stand before a thrice holy God and give an account of, for how you submitted to the purpose and plan, the will of God for your life. Not going to give account for your sin. That was all handled at Calvary. But the choices that you made in the light of God's will for your life. And so he realized, I have a responsibility here. And the truth that he was responsible to God for that made him move with care and caution. But he moved. He took care. And precaution to make sure that Jesus was safe and that Mary was cared for. He didn't say, Well, L- Lord, I think I'll go, I'll make an advanced trip to Egypt and try to secure housing and see if there's work there. And once I get that all handled, I'll send for Mary and Jesus. No. You see, they had to move with all expediency because they were killing babies and. It was time to get up and get out of Dodge. And so, he realized there was a responsibility. And there was a a responsibility to see to the care of the family, to their safety and care. And so, God's will for your life, okay, is not only good for you, but I want to let you in on a little secret. It's good for your family too. God's will for your life is not just good for you, it's good for your family too. So, let me say this. God's real will is revealed in His Word. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings that to light, illumines us, and guides us into that truth. The Holy Spirit will never ever lead you to do one single thing that's contrary to the revealed Word of God. Never. He'll never do it. So, listen. Uh, if you say, well, I think you know God is leading me to... To join the Mormon church. No, he's not. That's the devil's will for your life. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do one thing contrary to the revealed Word of God. And so, that's not God's will. You say, but I prayed about it. No, you didn't. Not with sincerity. You weren't praying the truth. Okay. No, you didn't. You said, well, you're not God. You're right, but I'm still right. I'm not God, and I'm still telling you it's not God's will for your life that you go into a works-based cult that denies that our Savior is divine. Neither is there salvation in any other, the Bible says. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby ye must be saved. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name that At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue confess that He is Lord of the glory of God the Father, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. My friend, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him, meaning Jesus was not anything made. That was made. Jesus said before Abraham, it was, I, I am. Listen, He declared Himself to be God, of very God who revealed Himself unto Moses and said, I am that I am. Revealed Himself unto Abraham and, and said, tell them I am half sent thee. My friend, I'm going to tell you this. You could say, well, I've prayed about that. If you are not praying according to the Word of God, big stinking hawk and hairy deal. It's not God's will for your life. Because the Holy Spirit of God will never lead you to do one single thing that's contrary to the revealed Word of God. And so look, we have a responsibility to the truth and to follow the leadership of the Lord and that will always be according to truth. Always according to truth. Okay? I'll tell you, sometimes people get strange ideas in their head. But I'll tell you something, when, when you determine to follow God with your life, it'll not just be good for you, it'll be good for your kids. It'll be good for your wife too. It'll, it'll see to their care. And he understood that he had a responsibility to that. And then we notice that in, in chapter 1, the angel of the Lord said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary okay, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord said. Okay, So what did he do? He took a young woman that was carrying a child, and he had no earthly idea how that happened. All he knew was that God said, that child is is of God. Take her to be your wife. Is that a problem? Well, it may have been, but God said do it. So you know what? He did it. Then God said, Herod's trying to kill all the babies. Get into Egypt. Is that a problem? Well, listen. Listen. He may have had a business. He may have had family. He may have had a home. And he didn't sit around. You know what he did? He just got out of Dodge. It was time to move to Egypt. Okay? So you know what he did? He didn't say, well, I'm not sure this is God's will for my life because this is hard. God's will is not determined by easy ever. You understand that? Listen, he submitted his life to the Lordship of God, even when it wasn't easy. You know what I hear people say? Well, I prayed about this, this is God's will because everything is working out so perfectly. <laughs> You've heard that, haven't you? And you thought, you know, that isn't really God's will for your life. God's will is not revealed because everything is working out so smoothly. Often God's will is confirmed by things not working out smoothly. Why? Because, as I began by saying, the devil has a will for your life. God has a will for your life. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So I realize that when I endeavor to do God's will, Satan is going to fight me tooth and toenail because he wants me to do his will. And so you know what? There are times while I'm doing God's will that it's not going to all be buona. It's not going to be smooth as butter. Right? I'm going to have a hard time every once in a while. And because I do, it helps me to understand that the devil is fighting me here. I see the source of where that conflict is coming from. And it confirms in my heart, I'm doing what God has called me to do because the devil hates it. You know? talked to Brother Mark the other day, and he and he said, You know, I think the devil hates you. And I said, Praise the Lord, I think. <laughs> you know. He said, God, God's got some great plans through you because the devil is really trying to beat you down. Right? So look, God's will is sometimes confirmed by the presence of the negative, not by the absence of. Of the positive, do you see that? Of the we we think well because there there's nothing negative I can see about this. It must be God's will. Well, look, was there a stigma attached to marrying a woman that you hadn't been with and that was with child? Sure. Was that going to be hard? Yes. Was there going to be conversations that you didn't know how to how to manage? Were there going to be things to deal with that you had no answers for? Yes. Was it going to be hard? Absolutely. But what did God say? This is what I want you to do. And so he did it anyway. When he said move to Egypt, was it going to be hard? Yes, in the middle of the night to leave your business and your family and your friends and all your possessions and go to Egypt, it wasn't easy. God's will wasn't confirmed in his life because it was easy. It was revealed because God made it clearly known to him. He understood it and then he responded and submitted himself to the Lordship of God, instead of trying to decide, well, I don't know how I feel about this. I'm fixing to get ready, right? Lord, well, you know, you see, the thing is. If you've been around Freeway for any measure of time, you you know that what follows, well, you know, you see, the thing is, is always something weak. Right, Brother Scott? If anybody pre- predicates a statement on, well, you know, you see, the thing is, what's going to follow that is going to be something really weak. Right? Yeah. Typically. And that's how we come to the Lord sometimes, with how we feel. God's will isn't determined by how you feel about it. You didn't come to church today because you just felt like getting out of a warm bed. You didn't come to church today because you just felt like waking up early and sitting in a church service, having some guy yell at you for an hour. You didn't come to church today because you didn't have any laundry to do or any dishes to wash or a house to clean. You didn't come to church today because you couldn't find anything better to do because all the golf courses in town were closed down. You came to church today because you purposed to do God's will even when it wasn't easy. You didn't didn't just wander in here because it was right on the way to Krispy Kreme. Right? No, you... Listen, you didn't come to church because it was on the way to your house from Krispy Kreme. You came out of your way to get here. Kelly and Bonnie today drove a hundred miles to come to church. You know? And when we start having... Having you know night night services, they'll drive two hundred miles and come to church. You know why? Because God's will for them isn't revealed by how many miles is it, how long does it take? How much will it cost? God's will isn't revealed to you by a dollar amount. It's not revealed by a location, by who's there. It's revealed by what would God have you to do. And as you do that, He'll tell you where to do it. But we have to, like Joseph, submit ourselves to the Lordship of God, even when it may not be easy. Listen, sometimes God calls kids to go off and train for ministry in a Bible college setting. It's like going to boot camp. It's like someone saying, well, I want to be a Marine, but I just don't want to have to do boot camp. I, you know, I want to defend my country, but I, I think can we just bypass boot camp? You know, you know what the answer is to that. Are they going to be effective in defending us if they bypass boot camp? Now, some of you were in the Marines, some of you were in the service, and you in the middle of it, you wished you you'd be out of it, right? Can I get a witness here today? Is some of you? I mean, it was just terrible. I mean, Hell Week was called that for a reason, right? Yeah. But listen, you went through that to be equipped to do what you were supposed to be doing. Sometimes we have Bible college kids that are called to go off and train to serve the Lord and they say, well, you know, I I haven't saved up. Oh, I guess God made a mistake when He told you to go. He should have put in the caveat, go when you're ready to go. When you've saved up, right? How many of you have ever heard newlyweds say we're going to have kids and we can afford it? You know, people that can afford to have kids never have them. Because you can never afford it, right? Can... How many of you know that's true? You know, God just gives you the means to do it. Because faithful is He that calls you. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, who also will do it. The, gra- the The will of God will never lead you to a place that the grace of God cannot keep you. Right? You do what God God appoints in your life. You submit yourself to the Lordship of God. Now, I want to just say, sometimes we're afraid when we do it. If we go into Matthew chapter 2, we discover there that as the Lord told them to go back into Israel, they took pause because they heard that the son of Herod was now ruling there. And the Bible says in verse 22 he was afraid to go thither, he was afraid. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. You know what happened? He was afraid and God came to him again and reassured his heart. God didn't just give him word once. Once should have been enough. But when he was afraid, you know what God did? He reassured him. We see the reassurance of God's will. Sometimes we're overwhelmed with doubt and fear and God will reassure our hearts. There have been many times in the last 18 years where it would have been easier for me to say, it's time to get out of Dodge. And you know what God did? He came and He reassured my heart. Often through prayer, often in the night watches, often through difficulty, He reaffirmed my heart even when it would have been easier to have done something else. That's what He did for Joseph. And He'll speak peace into your life because that is essentially who He is. He is the Prince of Peace. And I want to just say this. In Luke chapter 2, there was a reward There was a reward for him doing what's right. There was a reward because he did the will of God. Can I tell you something? Raising kids today is hard. How many of you are aware of that? It's never really been an easy proposition, has it, parents? I've got six kids, six grandkids. Never been really cinchy, right? Never been super easy. It's always a challenge, true or false. I, I don't know some of you are looking at me like a calf stare in Newgate. You dream about pepperoni pizza? What? You smell something going on at barbecue? barbecue? Look, here, here's what happened. After all that passed, here's what the Bible tells us was the end of it. Luke 2.39 When they had performed all the things according to the law of the Lord, In other words, when they did all that God said do. When they followed God's will and His way, they returned into Galilee to their own city Nazareth, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. What does it say in verse 52? And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Let me tell you something. The Bible says in 3 John, verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. You know what the reward was for Joseph? He knew that he did what God asked him to do. He saw the fruit of it. He saw Jesus safe. He saw Jesus growing in stature. He saw Jesus growing in grace and in favor with God and man. And he knew. Doing what God wants me to do. He saw the reward of it. I tell you that it's not easy to raise kids in this evil world. It's not easy to influence grandkids in this evil world. It's not. There's a reward in doing so. When they come to you and they say, Hey grandpa, guess what? I got saved today. When they come and say, Granddad, I'm going to get baptized. You know what? Your heart just swells up. When they say, you know what? I want to be a preacher when I grow up. <laughs> when they say, listen, I memorized Luke 2, 1-3. Want to hear it? You know what you do? You swell up like a marshmallow. Right? You want to burst your buttons. You know what that is? It's a reward for doing God's will. There are a lot of folks that think, oh, it's so rewarding, my kids are making a good living. So you're fulfilled with that? They don't have any use for God, but they have a nice house. They're not sure of their salvation, but they make a great salary. So we're comforting ourselves with the devil's consolation. We're taking the devil's consolation prize and saying, well, at least they're not on drugs. Really? Really? Folks, there's a reward that the devil can't match with anything in the world. If your kids should die and they leave to their kids a big house and a huge life insurance policy, is that going to comfort you when you stand there knowing they probably split hell wide open? you going know, to comfort yourself with money? With a house? The fact that they're not on Folks, listen, there's a lot of people not on dope. It doesn't mean they're blessed. This means they're not on dope. All I'm saying is, folks, stop buying in to the consolation of the devil. And understand that God's will, though sometimes difficult, is always rewarding in the end. And there's always a heartache in the end to those who choose their own will and way. Joseph is a case study in someone who wasn't as obsessed with the wearer. Of God's will, but the what? And he listened to what God's Word said through the oracle called an angel. And when he knew what God said, he set about to do it. He wasn't fixing to get ready. He didn't say, Lord, well, you know, you see, the thing is, I have a reputation, I have a a business, I've got family. No, no. He did everything that the Lord commanded him to do. Friends, there are many people that have close the book on Luke chapter 2 and never open it till next Christmas. Folks, we need to open to Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 2 and understand it has everything to do with discerning and doing God's will every day there's a reward for those that will there's heartache for those that won't and what I'm just challenging you to do today is to begin to discover all that God would have for you in your life through his word don't put up excuses just begin to do what he says discerning and doing God's will. heavenly father we thank you that we have your word to guide us we have your spirit to illumine our minds to its truth and I pray Lord that we would desire to know and do your will with all of our hearts Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment this morning. Perhaps there's one in this service that would say, Pastor Mark, I know that God wants me to be saved, but I'm not sure. I'm like that fellow you talked about. I do not know that if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I'm concerned about that. And if that's you, I don't want to embarrass you, but I'd like to have the opportunity to pray for you. Today, if you're just not sure that you're on your way to heaven, I wonder if you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm, I'm not sure, but I'd like to be sure. Don't embarrass me, but please pray for me. If there's someone like that, I wonder if you just slip your hand up and say, here's my hand. Remember me in prayer. Then perhaps today there's one that would say, Pastor Mark, I know that I'm saved, but my response time to God's will has been pretty slow. I've been fixing to get ready to do things that I haven't done yet. I know God wants me to obey His voice. Pray for me that I'll get busy about it. Not just me thinking about it. Here's my hand. Pray for me. God bless you and you and you. God bless you and you. God bless you. God's revealed Himself to me. I know. I'm just thinking about it. I'm getting fixing to get ready. No. It's time to get busy time to get busy about doing what God would have you to do. Right here, right now, the what is more important than the where. But if you do the what, He'll show you where to do it. No doubt about it. We need to submit ourselves to God's will. Even when it's not easy, there's a great reward in doing so. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet for just a moment. If You're able to stand, stand with us. Lord, I pray that each of us would determine to know and do Your will with everything that is in us. May You be glorified in our hearts and in our lives, we pray. In the wonderful name of Jesus, Amen. You know, do you have a, a songbook right there? Could you find "I Surrender All"? Maybe you know it by heart. Do we know it? Do We have another songbook handy. We know. We know "I Surrender All." All to Jesus I surrender. We, I don't know if we ha- have the words. They may find them. They may not. But you, if you don't know it, just just sing rhubarb like you do, and uh, and hum it. But. Uh, but I'd like for us to end our service by singing this song all to Jesus I surrender I surrender all Pastor lead us if you would the words are right here on the screen all to Jesus
1: I surrender all to him I Take me, Jesus, take me now.
0: that the last verse? The last verse. Oh Jesus, I
1: surrender. Lord, I give myself to Thee. Fill me with Thy love and power.
0: about Joseph doing God's will and think about you doing it and when he reveals it to you don't just start to fix to get ready just do it and I know God will bless you for it